It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Uh, obviously, we're hitting a lot of uh, the big ticket items that are taking place in our nation's capital today, including the January 6th commission, uh, obviously grabbing a lot of headlines there. There's a lot of chatter going on uh, as it relates to the infrastructure bill, what is and isn't happening and how that may or may not play out. Uh, there's a host of big headlines out there, but there are also some things uh, that are a little off the map today, unfortunately, in the churn and uh, clamor and chatter of politics in our nation's capital and I wanted to just pause for a second uh, to something, something that is probably a little under the radar for most people, uh, and that is uh, former U.S. Senator Mike Enzi from our uh, neighbor in Wyoming uh, passed away uh, late last night following a, uh, a tragic uh, bike accident. Uh, he was out biking, uh, was involved in a uh, crash there. And uh, he had retired. He uh, was in the United States Senate um, and uh, did not run for re-election in 2020. And then uh, just seven months into his retirement, uh, tragically passing. But uh, Senator Mike Enzi from Gillette, Wyoming, uh, started as a shoe salesman and uh, became a, an important force, uh, not just for politics in our nation's capital, uh, but just a force for kindness. Uh, I remember seeing Senator Anzi on many occasions. Uh, I don't know that I ever heard him raise his voice. Uh, I don't know that I ever saw him uh, scold a staffer. Uh, there aren't any big uh, things out there in terms of the way he treated his staff other than he was always kind. And so I wanted to pause for just a moment and reflect on that. Uh, earlier today, earlier this morning, Senator Mitch McConnell, the minority leader for the Republicans in the United States Senate, took to the Senate floor and had to say this about his colleague, Senator Mike Enzi. Mike was hugely accomplished, but at the same time, humble. He was powerful. He was influential, but earnest and deeply kind. He was ambitious. But on behalf of the people of Wyoming, not personal gain or glory. He was about the people of Wyoming. Uh, he spent a great deal of time just driving around that state and meeting with people. Uh, that's what he often did on his weekends. And it wasn't just about reelection. It was about listening to people and connecting with people and making sure he was representing them and their interests in a way that was positive and productive. Uh, Senator John Thune, uh, also Republican, uh, went to the Senate floor today as well and uh, said this about Senator Enzi. Mike was a cherished colleague and one of the finest human beings you will ever meet. 
former Budget Committee chairman. He was in many ways the conscience of the Senate on spending issues, always reminding members that federal dollars are not unlimited and that every dollar we add to the debt is a burden we are placing on our children and grandchildren. He was thoughtful. He was practical, uh, incredibly hardworking, and uh, very, very smart, very, very principled. Uh, in many ways, he really was that conscience of the Senate. Uh, as Senator Thune pointed out, uh, Senator Anzi uh, did chair the uh, Budget Committee, a uh, very powerful position in the United States Senate. And he would regularly remind his colleagues on both sides of the aisle that first the money was not theirs to spend. <laughs> it was the American people's money, and they better be careful what they do with it. Uh, he he cautioned in uh, so many of those areas in so many ways. But I, I really uh, want to emphasize that I, I think the greatest legacy uh, of Senator Mike Enzi from Wyoming uh, was his kindness. Uh, you know, those who uh, travel back and forth to Washington, D.C., especially on days like Mondays and Thursdays, uh, often see that there's uh, usually a, a lot of members of Congress and their staff that are on a lot of those flights going back and forth. And uh, it was not an uncommon thing for me to see Senator Enzi on a flight uh, coming back uh, to Salt Lake where he would then make a, a connection to get uh, up to Wyoming. And uh, it, he was just kind, unassuming, uh, wicked smart, uh, could could talk to you about the budget till the cows came home and often did. Uh, But he was someone who represented, I think, the best of what our country has to offer and the best of what I think political office should represent. Uh, The uh, majority leader, Chuck Schumer, uh, took to the floor of the Senate today as well. And uh, he said that it was the kindness of Senator Enzi uh, that we needed more of in the United States Senate today. Just simple, good old Wyoming kindness. And so we uh, are grateful for the life and service of Senator Enzi again, his passing uh, after a, uh, a tragic uh, bike accident yesterday. Uh, we send our best to his family and to the people of the great state of Wyoming. Uh, they've, they've lost someone who's been part of their political life for decades now and someone who made a real difference in individual lives as well as representing the interests of the state and being a positive force in our nation's capital Uh, Mike Enzi, we uh, salute you, your family, and the state of Wyoming today for your service and your life and legacy. I want to shift uh, as we round out kind of a a little roundup here of Washington, D.C. It's really interesting, another off-the-radar topic I think that most people aren't talking about today uh, was something reported on Axios uh, earlier this week. It was a top uh, President Obama advisor and pollster that had a very stern warning uh, for those in the Democratic Party rolling into the midterms. Now, we, we know we're, we're moving quickly into those 2020 elections and balance of power, and we'll have all of that debate and discussion for sure. Uh, but Joel uh, Benenson, uh, who was the lead pollster for President Obama, uh, he said this week that liberal Democrats are uh, really endangering their ability to hold on to the majority in the House of Representatives next year in those midterms by trying to load too much onto President Biden's spending packages. Uh, Benenson went on to say that uh, looking at the data, 
and what people are really feeling about spending, uh, it is is going to be a real challenge. And uh, he said it this way. He said, you got to win the middle to win, uh, which is true. We talk about that movable middle. And these are not the uh, hardcore people on the left or the hardcore people on the right. It's the people in the middle. And I think uh, President Biden has tried to influence those at the far left reaches of his party to say, tap the brakes, slow down. Just because we can does not mean we should. And if you want to stay in power, you've got to use power responsibly. And I think there is genuine fear that if the uh, proposed spending package, which you know could balloon to as high as 4.1 or 4.2 trillion, on top of what we've already spent, it is possible. It is possible if all of the spending packages uh, that the uh, administration and the Democrats have put forward pass in the first six months of this year alone, uh, could be eight trillion dollars. Uh, we talked about that uh, last week in terms of what eight trillion dollars would mean. It's five times the cost of the uh, then President Donald Trump tax cuts that everybody on both sides of the aisle, by, way, by the way, said, I don't know if we can pay for those. Uh, and that was it. This is five times that number. Uh, we also discussed that this this would be you could give every household in America sixty thousand uh, dollars and still not quite make it to eight trillion. Uh, and so here a top President Obama advisor is just reminding Democrats just because you can spend because you have the House, the Senate and the White House does not mean you should and has been warning anyone who would listen on the political left and within the Democratic Party to, to be wise in terms of trying to get everything all at once, spend all that money, uh, because if you are then out of power, uh, that's a very short window uh, and uh, a lot of ripples that go with that. Uh, and along those lines, uh, Joe Manchin uh, has been really putting it to his colleagues in the Democratic Party uh, many people have been critical about the debates and the negotiations between the bipartisan deal between Democrats and Republicans. Uh, a lot of the things that are getting negotiated out of the bipartisan deal are getting tossed into uh, this $3.5 to $4.1 trillion package that will be voted on only by Democrats. And Joe Manchin is saying, now, wait a minute, someone asked him today, uh, Senator Manchin, should you keep negotiating? And he said, yes. He said, if we let this fall apart, if this bipartisan infrastructure bill falls apart, everything falls apart. And I'm telling you, that was not a shot at Republicans. <laughs> that was a shot at his Democratic friends saying, hey, don't think for a minute if we walk away from bipartisanship uh, that I may not hold my vote back, which you need, by the way, uh, to get this $4.1 trillion thing across the line in reconciliation. And so some interesting uh, shots across the bow from Joe Manchin, again, not at Republicans, but at Democrats uh, to the far left who want to just jam everything into a, a big $4.1 trillion package for the president to sign, again, only with Democratic votes. So a lot of interesting things uh, off the radar as well as on the radar back in our nation's capital today. We're going to go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about resilience and a Japanese city finding resilience in an unlikely place on the ball field. 
Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.